welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We are bringing back another mailbag episode and we are excited to answer all of your questions. We shot something out on social media earlier today and we got some questions from you guys that we are going to answer. But before we do get over to that, let's bring on the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey Jehu Lavecchio. Jehu, what's up today, buddy? How much brother? Uh, Busy days, man. This was the the first week where it was supposed to be like my lighter season now, in season. And uh, this whole week, man, putting in shifts, 12, 12 to 14 hour days. Started in the gym today at 7.05, I think it was. And then we're ripping now. Straight home, back to back to back. I got my own workout in there, baby. You better believe I did. There we go. There we yeah. go. Are you working um, out? I know you're busy. What's that? I have not. Actually... I know what that gym looks like in the University of Michigan locker room. I know <laughs> I've been, I've seen it. I know it. It's nasty. Get in there. So here is, uh, it's actually a pretty good talking point maybe, but priorities is something that I feel like when we have them, we need to really focus on them and priorities can change right now. And you probably won't agree with this with me, but like right now in this phase of the next, probably last two weeks, this next probably week or two, there's a lot going on <laughs> in terms of figuring out the job here in Michigan, um, get my family all settled and everything. Uh, I have not made my physical health a priority. Um, I've been eating pretty well. I've been making sure to eat, but uh, most of my time has been either focused on job or family. And so I have not prioritized physical health, although I should be, I know I should be, but that's just <clears throat> where my priority, I'm like, okay with it right now. Short term, very short term. So I see your face. I think you're kind of like, you're making excuses, dude. I, I, I see I, it. I very much am because we both <laughs> know, we both know that if you don't work out, you're not releasing those positive chemicals. You don't handle stress as well when you don't work out. Remember when you were in like a great routine, like a month ago, like before all this happened? Yes, I know it's hard right now, but I also know that right outside where you work at the rink, there's a nasty gym. And if you put in eight <laughs> minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes, ask for bro, eight minute apps, eight get on a fan abs. bike, get on a fan bike and just do eight minutes, eight minutes. It's all that five. You're right. Give me five. You're right. Maybe this is get the ticker going, get the ticker going. Yeah. And, and you'll feel better. I promise you. Cause no, I know, I know that I'm sure. I mean, I, I feel good. Yeah, no, I know, but let's, let's good. keep that feeling good going, not yeah. break down in a month. You know, you're, you're at the university of Michigan and to the listeners here, I've never seen Tof wear anything but Cornell or GMBM <laughs> gear since 2004, whatever, three, four, whatever it was when he went to Cornell. I pop on tonight and this dude's got a U of M hoodie on. And I'm like, I, I, this, I, I'm not used to it yet. I love it, but I'm not used it's to it. It's a little yet. different. It's a little different, but Pretty I like exciting. it. A lot awesome. of swag, awesome. a lot but, of swag. Uh, hey, everybody wants to know how's it going so far. Everyone wants to know that. I'm sure who's listening. How is it so far? You think everybody wants to know? Yeah, dude. I mean, they listen to us because they I'm they totally like kidding. us. I don't know, dude. I want to know it's how been, it's going. It's been really good. It's been really good. It's been a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot. Um, I've never been a director of hockey ops before, and you definitely get a new appreciation for what goes on behind the scenes to make 
a program run um, as coaches. And it depends where you're at, right? Like if you're at a, a school that has a lot of support, um, maybe you don't need to do as much of the administrative stuff. Um, like if you're a division three coach um, that doesn't have a lot of money to, to kind of have that kind of people support, then you're doing a lot more of the administrative stuff. And so, um, you know, Cornell, we had great support and, um, I, I definitely have a new respect for the people that do the things behind the scenes. There's no question about it. And um, for all the coaches that are listening at the high levels, like appreciation, I'm sure would go a long way for those people because their programs wouldn't run without them. Right. So um, it's been a lot. It's been a learning curve um, for sure. Um, but I've had a lot of people that have helped and, um, yeah, just trying to find that routine, right. Trying to find that routine, asking a lot of questions of things I don't know, uh, trying to find some processes that work so I can automate some things. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been really, really cool. The people that I work with on a daily basis, I've said it on the past couple of podcasts have been really, really good. They're really, really good at what they do. I've learned a ton. And uh, yeah, it's been overall a great experience. We play our first game in the next three, four weeks, uh, exhibition game first. And then our first games are against Lindenwood, the new division one program from a one St. Louis, Missouri. So yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, it's been going good so far. Wow. That's super exciting. Love it. Love it. So happy for you. (laughs) Can't wait to come visit you and NAR. Oh yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go. All right. Before we do get over to all of the questions, we have some people to thank. First is our title sponsor in gel sticks, G E L S T X.com. Go there for your favorite weighted training aids, whether it's a hockey stick, a lacrosse stick, or a golf club, use them today. Go to gelsticks.com and use the coupon code. Think tank one word to get a discount on your weighted training sticks. So gel sticks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jeffrey wanted to thank uh, train heroic. That's where all my online training is housed. And my mom always wants me to say this. Your training's not just for hockey players, for parents or ex athletes. So anybody out there who wants to join my train with me team, it's barely a dollar a day. Is that how I call sounds? Sometimes when she talks, I hear that. Sorry, mom. (laughs) I know you're listening. I love you so much. Um, You want to get in the best shape of your life. Join this. You get seven days to try it for free and you can cancel and you don't got to pay anything. So why don't you try it, guys? Come on, let's go. Let me help you be a better you, all right? Help me help you. Also want to thank Cure Nutrition. That's a CBD company that I'm with. CBD has been a major part of my life with all of my traumatic brain injuries, concussions, um, stuff like that. It is a game changer for me, all right? Absolutely love it. Anybody who wants more information or why it works, how it works, why so many people find so many different positive benefits, Literally just DM me on Instagram, blue check mark guy, pretty hot tattoos at Jeff Lavecchio, my cured nutrition discount, curednutrition.com, GMBM. There we go. And thank you to isakisystems.com as well. Oh, what an awesome site. It's like unbelievable for any kind of hockey education. Uh, if you're a coach, if you're a parent player, um, we have partnered with isakisystems.com for an association's plan. And you can get this for every single one of your coaches and every single one of your parents in your organizations because they have the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide that can help you navigate the youth hockey scene. And so they have everything. They have thousands of drills. They have whiteboard explanations from some pretty awesome hockey people. Uh, They have a drill drawing tool where you can actually draw up all your drills, send your practice plans out to your players beforehand. You can send them out to the other player or to the other coaches in your organization. Uh, What a fantastic 
fantastic product. So icehockeysystems.com, go there today, check out the associations tab for getting this for everybody in your organization. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our amazing listeners. We love you guys so much. Uh, I do want to say actually too, that thank you. We had so many people contact us about being our producer (laughs) for, you know, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we put out there that we're looking for somebody to come and help us take our podcast to the next level. Um, You know, Jeff and I are doing a lot right now uh, with me getting uh, this new job here in Michigan. I don't necessarily have the, the time to be able to do a lot of the behind the scenes work that makes this podcast go. So we're looking for somebody to help us with a lot of the behind the scenes work. And um, I can't believe how many people reached out to us, dude. Like it was unbelievable and sent a lot of stuff over to you. So we're working on that right now. And we just so appreciate everybody's support uh, for this. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, here we go. I think uh, you ready to get it started. Hi. All right, here we go. I am opening up my cellular device right now. Okay. And uh, this is going to be a uh, Ask Jeffrey podcast episode because we decided pretty late we were going to do a mailbag. And uh, we, uh, me, I totally dropped the ball and did not send a note out on social media until way later. And so I have one question and Vex has a ton. So I think we had combined between the two of us, like 30 questions, the last mailbag that we did. And uh, now they're basically all coming from you. So (laughs) all right. So. Ooh, this is from one of your former players. Ooh, what would be your, not going to tell you what What? would be. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. Do you see? Well, yes, you've coached hundreds of players. I'll, I'll answer who it was after you. you After I answer. Yeah. Okay. After you answer, there we go. What would be your best tip to learn and connect as much as possible in any field? To learn and connect. Correct. Uh, I think that's an awesome question. And I think my answer to that would be vulnerability and empathy. Those I think are the two things that if you really want a deep connection with somebody, like you have to let them in before they're going to let you in. And I, I think vulnerability is a word that used to be, um, I guess as a hockey player, you would call soft, you know? Um, but I feel like it's almost a word of strength now where it it's like for, and especially for men, like it's, Um, going against the grain to open up and be vulnerable to people when you're communicating and trying to form a relationship. Um, and, and, but I think the, the best coaches and leaders, I think they do that. And so let people in and yeah, just, I I also think there's like a consistency to working on relationships too. That really helps, you know, the more you connect with people, like in terms of just having conversations with them or sending them a little note, just telling people and showing them that you care about them. Like those are things that will like, then that kind of trust gets, gets formed and it it just opens up a lot more avenues for people to be like authentically themselves and actually share stuff that's meaningful instead of just like pleasantries, uh, which is what happens a lot. And so, yeah, I just think vulnerability, empathy, put yourself in their shoes. When you ask questions, like ask questions to like learn about them. Don't just ask questions just to do it and just to talk and make conversation, like be interested in the other person. And so I think those are probably the things I would say would be able to help people connect the most. 
I like it. I like it. I read it as um, like getting into like a new field or oh. like, you know, that's how I read it. There's no, no, but I liked, I like that. You went on a more personal level. Can so you say, say your, the question again? Say the question what again. What would be your best tip to learn and connect as much as possible in any field? So you went on like a personal level and like a individual level and, a, and that would be like even going deeper, I think. But like, so the, yeah, to answer your question, that version of the question, I would say, just reach out. Like, <laughs> literally. Okay. Good. You go ahead then. I, I was going to say, ask how, how, how can you connect? Ask man. I, I've the world is so connected now. It's insane. The amount of people, the amount of companies that I've talked to and, and been able to go like today, I went to this really badass company um, called Agoji. They make pants with bands in them. And I was like, like resistance bands. And I was like, no way these things what? are good. Yes. And I'm like, no way these things are good. Like not a chance. This is gimmicky. And they're like, oh, we work with uh, Casey Bellamy on the women's national team. And I don't know Casey, but I felt confident reaching out to her and comfortable because we both got blue check marks, you know, what's up. And I'm like, <laughs> case case, what's up. I didn't say that. I was obviously um, very nice. Kate and I was like, hey, uh, yeah, I was like, Hey, you know, this, this company, like, what's up? They said you, you wear the pants and she was like, they're legit. I warm up in them. I feel really good doing lower body, like explosive work in them and, and using them right before I warm up. And like Terrell Owens wears them. There's a ton of guys in the NFL, there's guys in the NBA that wear them. And I'm like, all right. I was like, all right, you know, Casey Bellamy. And they got this list of athletes who say they use them. So I'll go and check it out. And the guy was super nice. He, his wife came to my speech at Lululemon two or three weeks ago. And I guess she told her husband, Hey, you know, this guy's the bomb, probably something like that. And, uh, so we reached out. So I, I go there and it was unbelievable. And like, they're a massive company. First of all, I've never heard of them. They actually work. I put them on and I'm like, dude, I did not believe these would do anything. I was like, I'm not going to lie. I came here completely thinking that these, there's no chance. And they actually work. It's pretty cool. And like, literally like, so that was like a social media connection. And then being like, you want to come out? I was like, yeah, I'll come out to the factory. Like, just ask, you know, like, don't be afraid. I have so many mentors online now from just asking them questions. Like the world's so connected and what, what's the worst that happens if somebody says no or doesn't answer you? Uh, nothing, nothing happened. Move on to the next person who you want to connect with, shoot them a message, make it thoughtful, make it real. Don't let it, don't try not to make it like an hour long, uh, like this monologue and, and, uh, you know, just be yourself. And then that's how you do it and constantly be yourself. And then go into what Tove said into the interpersonal details. And I think the other thing too, if you want to really take it to another level is like find a way to provide some value to the person that you're reaching out to, mm. you know, like a, a study that you did or it, whatever. Just if, if you have something of value that can help that person with what they do, make their life easier, teach them something, whatever it may be, I think that can go a long way to that person like actually calling you back or emailing you back or wanting to have a conversation because they're intrigued by something that you've done. And, and I would say that like all of the really high level people that I'm surrounded with um, in, in all facets of my life, they want to associate themselves with go-getters, like people who will initiate things, not just people that take orders. I think that's one thing that I've learned throughout 
the past couple of years or so, like really, really, really doing a lot of different consulting work and really trying to like learn myself and surround myself with really high level people, not just people in hockey, but high level people in general, is there's such a respect for people who just take the bull by the horns and get things done and initiate and don't have to be told twice to do something. And like, I don't think there's that many people out there like that. Um, and and I, I would say that like if you want to be a part of a high level something, whatever that something is, um, be an initiator. Like really be an initiator and provide some value for the people that you're reaching out to. Prove that you're a go-getter. Dude, I love that so much. I was uh at TPH St. Louis today working with uh, Phil McCray, who we've had on the podcast and a former blues player and cl- former client of mine. And uh it was my first day as the, as the mentor role. And I was, I went off on a tangent with like the middle group. That's probably like seventh, eighth graders, eighth, ninth, probably around there. And I was just like, and like, if you want something like work for it, I was like this country, there's so many people who like want things for free or come out of college and think they're going to make six figures or that this should be given to them or that this or that or that. And everything's just like handed to you. And it's like, no, it's not the real world. That is not real. Most people's social medias are fake, right? They're just, they're just postulating. Like it's not real. If you want to be somebody who get who earns anything, like you've got to go out there because nobody's going to give it to you. So I absolutely love that. And, and to tie that back into like the companies, I think, or like, you know, uh, building relationships, like the question from Joe McLaughlin, by the way, that's who it was. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Love him, dude. He's training. How about he's training his junior team that he's playing on? He's their strength coach. How cool is that? How cool is that, man? Talk about it. He's a go-getter. I talked to that guy like every day during COVID because he was just wanted to learn about training every day. He's messaged me nonstop. Why are we doing this? What's this about? Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Joe, I'm sure you're listening. You're a great dude. Good luck this year. If you have questions about that stuff, hit me up. Um, but anyways, reciprocity, Joe, you want to, you want to like connect and stuff, offer them back something. Cause you're going there to learn from them, to connect with them, offer something back. All right. Moving on. Do you know what crumble cookie is? No. What is that? Oh, dude, I'm so glad you don't know what it is. It's my, <laughs> is it, it is really my, good? It's my kryptonite. I'm giving myself another one-month ban. This is the <laughs> second one-month ban I've put on myself since living oh, here in my in By my the way, house. I have to tell you this because <laughs> so we've been putting out these lost episodes, right? So for people that didn't listen to the last episode that we did, um, we've been putting out these lost episodes and very long story short, when we moved over to our blue wire podcast family and went under their umbrella, we had to move all of our stuff onto their hosting site, all of our episodes. And so something happened and we lost our first 48. So episode one through episode 48. And for whatever reason, we can't get them back, but I have them saved on a hard drive. So we've been putting out some of those episodes because they were awesome. Like they were gold and like, there's a lot of new people that have list that are listening to our podcast. Now it's the fourth year. We're on year four now. We're almost on year five, dude. Do you know that? No way. I think so. Yeah, I could be I mean, off by a decimal. No, I point mean, off, I feel. But... Wow. Yeah, I think so. I'll have to go back and check. But I think so. I might be for anybody off. who's been listening this whole time, man, badass. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Stop. Because uh, we started in November. We started in November, and it's almost November, which is nuts. 
kind of ish, almost November. But anyways, so listen to these lost episodes and two things stick out to me that were really, really, really funny. So one, and you'll get a kick out of this when you like, when I say them, because you'll totally remember. So number one is at the start of every episode. Do you remember what you would say at the start of every episode in the intro? I feel like I used to say something about like a protein shake or I I just murdered a protein shake. (laughs) You always say that. I just murdered five eggs, two (laughs) loaves of bread and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I would never say two loaves of bread. Get get it right. (laughs) That was eggs and toast. I was thinking eggs and toast. But anyway, so that. (laughs) Oh, God. What an idiot. Number one. And then the second one is we had this like fake hilarious thing where every time you did a humble brag, you owed $20 to the humble brag jar. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. That's so awesome. I'm listening to these episodes back before I put them out on the, uh, the interweb. And, <laughs> and it's like every start to every episode is tof. I just murdered 15 <laughs> eggs and... This and that and the other thing. And, and it was just, oh, I, oh dude. Well, part hilarious. of that too, part of that too, man. When we started the podcast, that was right, you know, the first hockey season that I was retired from hockey. Um, and I was like, I was like, when I finished, I always said when I was done playing hockey, I just wanted to see how jacked I could get. I was just going to get massive. And yeah, I uh, remember that. Yeah. And I, and I got up to 2 30 by like, uh, you know, when everybody left, it was probably like September to like uh, December. I put on oh, wow. 30. 30 pounds of meat muscle. I was just yoked because all I was doing was eating and lifting. And then I only worked at night with teams for like the first year. And it was just insane. So that's probably all I was doing was eating. It was ridiculous. Awesome. And I was single at the time. So it was also talking to the babies, but now I'm taken. <laughs> I have a beautiful new house with my beautiful girlfriend, Fit by Kiki. What's up? Check her out. She's an awesome person. And we're going to get back to crumble because that is happening the ban now because we moved close to crumble. So have you, sorry. Never we're on, crumble? we're going to be on year four. I'm year sorry. Four. Sorry to okay. interrupt you. Okay. I was like, dude, so five? That sounds yeah, that didn't yeah, sound okay. right. It didn't yeah. sound right. So okay. our first ever podcast episode was released on November 2nd, 2018. Okay. Yeah. 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 Welcome yeah. to the hockey think tank podcast. Yeah. Cause my last season was 17, 18. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. And then right. our first guest was Brandon Dorado, who is. The wow. He was our first guest. Show. Yep. Episode two. So first one was with you. We wow. like, I kind of interviewed you and then our was, uh, was number two. The first interview we actually did was with, was with Kendall coin Schofield though. Right. Yeah. But I remember she, that. We just put her yeah. as the, uh, she was number five. So yeah, my um, microphone didn't work. What a boof. Um, <laughs> dude, how, how serendipitous Narado. Kind of cool. First episode, like yeah. other than you and I dope. All right. But anyway, so you've never had crumble, so this is tough, but uh, one of my former clients, gold medalist, multi-time Olympian, Nicole Hensley, one of the first ever hires for my ripped hockey company too, when she used to live here, which crumble cookie is your fave? So we'll just say that this is for me, Nicole. Great question. Thanks for outing me. Um, yes, I love crumble cookies they are massive. They're disgustingly horrible for you, but every now and then I rip them. And, uh, I'd have to say there was one, one to, so Toph, what this company does is they change the cookies. I think every week, 
I think every week, or I don't think it's every day. I think it's every week they get like, they do six new cookies and they do all these wild flavors. Like they'll do an Oreo cookie sandwich. They'll do a fruity pebbles cookie. They'll do a this. And they're like massive, dude. They're massive. They're so good. Um, and I had one that was a potato chip, chocolate chip cookie. It had like potato chips baked into it, like all in it with oh chocolate my. chips and a big old chip on top. So that salty and sweet got me. So um, do you have a favorite cookie flavor if it's not from Crumble or no? Do I? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll probably have to, like off the top of my head, I'll probably have to go with Thin Mints. Little Girl Thin Scout Mints. cookies, the Thin Mints. Wow. I'm a wow. sucker for mint and chocolate okay. so okay 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 all right moving on thanks for the question nick love you all right this one comes from a boy billy dilly bill dill two from instagram can you ask tovsky to take it easy on our lindenwood lions on october 7th and 8th <laughs> sorry can't do that <laughs> that ain't gonna happen not a chance all right how about mm, this is a good one because you were like this and also like a top guy camp advice for glue guys room guys and on the bubble guys say that one more time camp advice so i'm guessing like training camp advice for guys who are more of like a glue guy a room guy or a guy in the bubble which is probably usually like those types of guys yeah yeah absolutely um be the most competitive person on the ice and be the best at your role that's it if you're a glue guy or a guy that's on the bubble you're probably not going to be on a top line or a top d pair and so be the hardest working, most competitive, most detailed um, person on the ice. That's that's all you can be. And, and have an unbelievably like just positive attitude too. like just be a great guy. I think that goes a long way. I think coaches understand how important culture is. And if you can have uh, somebody that's on the bubble, that's like a positive personality that like you know, when you're sitting out games or whatever, because you, if you're on the bubble, that might happen or you're not going to get a lot of ice time. Like who's going to pout <laughs> and, and who's going to work harder to earn a, a bigger role on the team. And so be really positive, be the most competitive person on the ice and, and be the best at your role of what you're probably going to be. That's what I would say. I absolutely love that. I, I can't add anything to that unless you are comfortable asking the coach what he's looking for out of that fourth line role or seventh D man, sixth D man role. Um, you know, if you're in a camp where the coach is, you know, that kind of guy and you're like, I just want to know, like, what are you looking for out of me? If to, for me to make this team, what do you need from me? I wish that's something that like I would have done more, not necessarily to make teams, but just ask coaches, like, what do you expect out of me right now? Like, what are you looking for? I wish I would have um, known that like when I was in the American league playing like a third, fourth line role, you know, like if you it, it, just tell me, tell me what you're looking for. Like, am I just out there to like run guys over and bring energy? Do you want me to try and chip in points? Do, like, do you want me to fight? Cause if that was, if that was the case, like, I want to know, just tell me, you know? So I have an interesting question for you right now. I'm going to psychoanalyze you a little bit. Do it. <laughs> so I feel like you have brought that up in the last maybe three conversations that we've had really in like in your past, you wish that yeah. Yeah. Um, like you would have like approached a coach or you wish that a, a coach would have been upfront and honest with you about right. your role right. and what they wanted out of you. Right. And so I'm wondering like, is that something that 
I don't want to say keeps you up at night, but is that something that you like, we all look back and we're like, I wish this or that, or the other thing I want to, I, you know, I have to learn from this or that, like what, what does those experience kind of signify to you right now as a person? No, de- definitely doesn't keep me up at night. This is a podcast. That's not what I about. That's not yeah. what I meant. Like, but, but like, but you know what I, I mean? Well, I just like, as I, as I get older and, you know, wisdom happens as you get older, like you, you earn wisdom through your experiences, positive and negative and, and whatnot. Um, and as I get more into business and like business ethics, I mean, <laughs> as I get ethics more into like business, business ethics, <laughs> um, man, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> Listeners who know you guys get that William Bill <laughs> Madison. Um, as I as I get more, and it's probably more like my business mindset now. Um, I just when I work with a company or I get a deal with a company, like I'm like, tell me exactly what you're looking for. What do you want out of me? And then I I want to know where that bar is because I also want to overachieve and I want to give back more than that. So if they're like, whatever, we want this, I want to give this plus that, you know what I mean? And I think that just being in the business world, it's made me like, look at, at relationships, um, in a different light. And then I just like, think like, well, yeah, why don't I just do that with everyone in life? Like what? Like, you know, like I've, uh, I think that's an important thing. Maybe we talked about this on the podcast, like in relationships, like with your wife, with your husband, with your partner, whatever, like, I think that's important too. Like, all right. I, you know, little fights, like can fester into big things. Like, all right. Whose job is it to do the dishes most of the time? Whose job is it to take the trash out? Now nobody's mad at the other person for not doing their job or whatever. Cause it's like, oh, like Jeff does the trash. Jeff does the dishes. Kylie does this. Kylie does that. And then it's like, then you just know, and you just do what you're, what's expected of you. And, and it's just life is easier. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I just think it's really interesting that you brought it up because for me, hearing you say that multiple times, like, and knowing you as well as I know you, like I know, and this is like such a strength of yours and such a strength, I think of really successful people, but they like take times of strife and things that happened negatively to them. And they just like flip it and just like, it's like a huge part of why they are so successful. Right. You know, you, you right. took that, which is something that affected you greatly. Obviously, we're sitting yeah. here talking on a podcast, however many years later. Right. Right. Paid. And it's something that you use like daily in your life with the people that you either work with or live with or whatever. And so I just think that that's an attribute of, of highly successful people, again, is they're just able to take a learning lesson or a challenge or just something little out of the tougher times and use it to their advantage. Whether it's a bad thing that happened to you that you're like, I'm never going to do that in the way that I do things in the future uh, or just flipping it, you know, it, it just, uh, it's such like an awesome trait. Good well, on you. I, I appreciate that. And it's, dude, we're, we are hilarious, like in our mindset, because we are very similar and we had to go through very similar things um, throughout our lives and our career. As most athletes do. Yeah, Whether for you play, sure. Honestly, like, and that's why sports is so amazing is because like, yeah, you, it teaches you to go through the tough shit. That's the best part about sports is it teaches you how to be a teammate and it teaches you how to go through the tough shit. And I don't care how good you are. You're going to go through tough shit. I don't care what level you play at. You're going to go through tough shit. 
and and so use that in your life to make you better learn something from it like resiliency we talk about it all the time it's the first thing that i talk about with all my team building is resiliency every day you have a choice every day certain things are going to happen to you that are shitty <laughs> and you have a choice when those things happen to either pour me it and blame other people and pout or whatever or you can use it as a challenge and say, this is something I need to get through. This is something that's going to make me better. I'm going to learn from it. And like, and that's what pisses me off so much. I could like, obviously we talk candidly about youth sports all the time, but like being out of it now for a little bit, having been in it for a while, like that's the thing that really sucks about youth sports and the way that it's going right now is because these kids are so coddled and the parents are so stressed about their kids' careers that they forget that the thing that is most important about why you play sports is learning how to be a teammate, not just focusing on yourself or your kid if you're a parent, and then go through the tough stuff. Like, don't be that's what this is like a snowplow parent, right? Where you you plow all the snow in front of them so they have an easy walk to wherever they're going. Like, let them walk through the snow. Make it tough. That's what's ultimately gonna have them learn the lessons. That's the way the real world is when you get older. And that's like what really develops people to be successful in life. Like even now when we're going through like every, like every day in life, something happens that you have to make a choice. Am I going to pour me it or am I going to find a way through it or around it? You know, hi, Paige. speaking of oh, no way they're here. M's parents are here for the, uh, the weekend. Oh, oh we love it. Awesome. Hi, Paigey. Hey, Paige, did you have like red sauce for dinner? Yes. Uh, I can tell because it's not definitely all over your jammies and your face. I'm eating, I'm eating, um, I'm eating uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Ooh, that's that nice. So all right, can you give me and Uncle Jeff some time? Okay. Bye. Bye, Uncle Jeff. Bye, Paigey. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm keeping fun. that in for sure. Love it. And I, um, that's, well, dude, I wrote how, that down. How, how fitting is that? That like my kid comes in as I'm yeah. talking about that. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Don't be a snowplow parent. Let your kid go through the snow. I love that quote. I'm putting that on my gram tomorrow for show. <laughs> that is so good, man. I love that. And you're so right. And obviously, I'm not a parent. I can't imagine how hard it is to see your kid go through hard times. But like, dude. It's going to make that. I think better. about that all the time. Obviously, my kids are young and I'm not the perfect parent by any means. There's times as a parent, you think you're the worst parent in the world. But one thing I really try to be mindful of is like, um, if they're like struggling with something, it could even be like putting on a shirt. You know, my three-year-old sometimes putting on a shirt where it's like, you know, they're having trouble with it and they're getting upset and they might be crying or whatever. And I can't get my shirt on. I can't get my shirt on. And daddy, daddy, daddy. And I'd, I'd just be like, you can do it. <laughs> you know, like you can figure it out, you know? I and I, I, I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing. There's times where I'm like, well, if, the, if she's asking for help, she's asking for help. So nice thing to do help. But so uh, who knows? Parents, right. always discussions and who like, but like I, I always kind of err on the just, no, figure it out, man. Just right. Out. I mean, like, 
just like along those lines, when I started my training company, I used to put everyone's weights back for them because I was trying to be like service light on. Like I want them to enjoy the yeah, experience. I, I want them to do this. I want them to lift as heavy as they can in the lifts. But like the reality also is that like, dude, when you put your weights away between every single set, you have to lift way more weights throughout your workout. Every workout you're lifting way, 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 way more weights, way more weights. All right. It's just going to make you way so more, much stronger. way more weights, way more weights. I wasn't sure. W -M -W. Um, <laughs> and so like for years I was doing that and I would get home and I couldn't move because I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say that's a day. lot. I would do, I would do my workout. I'd be practicing hockey because I was still playing. And then I would lift everyone's weights between sets and put everything away. Oh yeah. You guys just leave. I'll clean it up. Then I was like, dude, I'm doing these kids a disservice. What am I doing? I used to have to put my weights away. They're going to get stronger from it. And then respect the gym. They need, that needs to be hammered into them. They're kids or college players or teenagers or whatever, you know? And so like this summer, I completely stopped putting anything away for anyone. Like, you know, unless some kind of special circumstance, I'm like, I put all my weights away when I played, you put all your weights away too. And like, then you'll clean up the locker room. Then you'll clean this. Then you'll do this. You'll pay attention to this. So I love that. Moving on to the Let's next go. question. All Let's right. Go. I know I got that good one here. Uh, um, oh, I texted it to you from, uh, from my boy sideburns this was my old high school coach love him trained his kid yeah i literally called he dude this guy pete it's not pete he's listening Side right now birds. i called i was a freshman on the varsity team not a big deal and uh he had these mutton chops dude these things I went one, down i have one question uh how about you sideburns <laughs> you, gonna say you, want some cuts. Of, you want some of this milk you want some of this milk yeah dude the this guy was the dumb best. dumber yeah, this guy was the best awesome guy great coach great person all right what do you got now i train his kid he said how do we approach nutrition with youth players that play four to five games a weekend? This weekend, his son Jackson had games Friday night at 7.30, Saturday at 8 a.m., Saturday at 1.30, geez, Sunday at 8, Sunday at 12. Oh, my God. First of all, that's just that schedule's insane. I know you can't do anything as, uh, with that as a parent, but like that's a wild schedule. I don't know, man. With nutrition, like smoothies, shakes, get it, uh, you're doing that stuff, man. You just gotta you gotta rip down calories nonstop. You gotta rip down calories. I would go for calorically dense foods and, and as clean as you can, but sometimes that's not going to happen. Even pizza would be all right. Um, Gluten free crust uh mod pizza they have really good gluten-free pizza um yeah just calorically dense stuff you know maybe some glasses of milk chocolate milk after games i don't know protein shakes smoothie king get some shakes that have a bunch of calories that's just that's tough and water well yeah obviously and salt actually because water alone doesn't hydrate you so definitely put salt on uh, one of his meals for sure there you go I'm, I'm going to yeah. leave that one to you. I would say, yeah, okay. just like hydrate and, and like what you always say, and this is probably something for not just that, but like prepare or like plan for it, you know? Mm, so yep. hey, like map out, don't just walk out of the game after your eight o'clock game when you have a 12 PM game next and be like, okay, where should we go to eat? Figure out beforehand um, where you're going to go. And then I think it wouldn't be as stressful. Yep. Love it. All right. Moving on. Thanks for the question, Coach Sadburns. Um, <laughs> how do you regain confidence after a bad stretch? 
How do you regain confidence after a bad stretch? This is probably the most. I think we've had this on every mailbag. <laughs> but but um, I mean, let's answer it because this is probably, we know confidence is the most important thing in sports, probably the most important. If you're going to play well, you're confident. If you're not, you don't have confidence, you're not going to play well. So like, obviously this is something that we just got to always touch on. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of it is, is, uh, you know, putting in the work. Put in the work. You have to earn your confidence. I say it all the time. You can't go to Target and buy confidence. <laughs> you put in the confidence or you put in the work and you get confident through that because then you start to master a little bit more of your abilities. And then when you get better at something, then like you're going to be more confident in it. That's like just a very simple way. You have to earn it. You have to earn your confidence. So get get a routine. Get an accountability buddy. I think those are the two things that are really important if you want to really maximize your work is get a routine where you're doing the same things every day for whatever skill it is that you want to be more confident in and and have an accountability buddy that is making sure that you're doing those things every day. It could be a friend. It could be a teammate. It can be a family member, whatever. But hey, like I am going to set a goal of shooting 100 pucks every day. And I'm going to text Jehu Levecchio when I am done every day that I've done it. And when Jehu doesn't get the text, he calls me the next day and says, why didn't I get a text from you last night? You know, that's like a positive peer pressure that I think can really, really help. So I think that's good. And I, I, I do think the second thing is you have to surround yourself with good people. Um, surround yourself with good people. That's really important because if you play for somebody that's a screamer or a yeller or doesn't care about you, it's very hard to be confident in what you do if you're being beaten down all the time. Uh, as a parent, you know, if this is if this was a question from a parent <laughs> or if there's parents out there that would be interested in this for your kid, um, don't be that person in the car ride home that's always critiquing and always kind of like... Uh, just negative when it comes to things about your son or your daughter's playing. And so I would say put in the work, earn it, earn it through routine, earn it through accountability, and then just surround yourself with good people. And actually, like I have one other thing to say, kids nowadays, and I think especially like more elite athletes, they don't want to be bullshitted. They want the truth. They hate fake people. And they really just want to be told the truth. Um, and, and I think that kids are really good at sniffing stuff like that out. And I say that because I think, you know, again, being in youth hockey, I think a lot of kids are being recruited at way too young of an age. I think a lot of kids are being told how good they are at w in a lot of different ways, verbally, social media, whatever. And um, like, there's fewer and fewer people that are actually being honest and critical with kids when they need to be honest and critical with. And so players were like, shoot me straight, just shoot me straight. Be honest with me. Don't lie to me. And like, just tell me the truth. And, and I think that goes a long way for like the surrounding yourself with good people side of things. I love that. I love that. And that just makes me think about what we just talked about. Like, just tell me, tell me my role, you know, like just be honest with your players. I, I, uh, so funny, man. We say the same things all the time. I literally have touched on like four of these things at my mentorship day at 
total package hockey today. So this is, this is wild. Um, but I always say this, I, when a player says to me, how do I get my confidence back? I'm not playing with confidence. I haven't scored in 10 games or I, you know, I'm healthy scratched. I have no confidence right now. So I say, well, how do you, how do you get confidence? And they'll say, you know, whatever they say, it's never what I'm looking for. And I'm like, preparation. <laughs> I'm like, preparation. They're like, huh? I'm like, preparation. All right. What is preparation? Your sleep. All right. These are things you can control. You can't control outside forces. These are things you can control. Your sleep, your nutrition, your hydration. Are you visualizing? Are you seeing what you're supposed to be doing on the ice? Are you watching video? And then on ice and off ice preparation. Are you in the gym doing your work? Are you maybe doing extra work if you're not playing so you get in better shape to get back in? Um, and, and on ice, are you trying to win every drill in practice? Are you shooting to score every time, even in the shooting drills to warm up the goalies? I don't care if you're, if your confidence is low, do whatever you have to. All right. Are, are you, um, finding ways to, to stay on the ice and work on something that maybe you messed up in a game before. So that's why you're healthy scratched or why your confidence is down. Like all of those things are put into the preparation bucket. Now, if you're doing all of those things and then you remind yourself when you come to the rink that you're playing a game and it's fun and you take the pressure off yourself, but you prepare with those, you know, six prongs or whatever it is, you know that you've done everything you can to be your best self and you feel good about yourself. And then that gives, that starts to snowball down the hill in a positive way. So like, look at your preparation. If you've lost your confidence and get back to preparing as well as you can warming up, cooling down, taking care of your body, sleeping at the right times, you know, all that stuff. And then you start to get your confidence back. You start to practice better you know, and then it just keeps going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And don't necessarily put all of your eggs in the results basket. You know, you can play an unbelievable game and not score a goal. <laughs> and yep. that's the funny thing, right? Is like, and we know this as players. And and for me, I was a player very much that was points conscious. Like I felt like my value was in points a lot because I was an offensive player and stuff. And you can have like a terrible game and the puck can go in off your foot and you had like one good shift and your confidence will be soaring after that because you got your, your, you got your cookie, right. As opposed to like, maybe you play a really good game and you didn't score or you didn't get an assist or whatever, but you provided value to the team in other ways. Um, it's just funny how it works that way. I don't know if you ever felt that way, but I know a lot, a lot of like offensive players feel that way. Like, yeah. And so, but it's true. Like I, you know, I, I got my master's in sports studies and the two biggest things that can give you confidence is mastery and a skill and positive results. Like at the end of the day, those are the two things that really kind of like have been shown academically, <laughs> um, that like can provide like confidence. Um, and so, yeah, the more work you put in, you earn it with that mastery side of things. And then, you know, you'll get some positive results through it. Um, and it's just kind of funny how it works sometimes. Sometimes you don't put in the work, but you get the positive results and you get some more confidence with it. That's not the right, that's kind of like not the right way though, <laughs> but it's it's also kind of true. But it also happens. I, I was talking yeah. to one of my NHL guys and I don't want to say the coaches because whatever, like I didn't ask him if I could talk about this. It was, you know, something said in the gym and uh, I'll tell you who after. 
And um, we were talking about empty netters because did you see what Fedorov did in the KHL pulling his goalie off the hop and they three won. on three, three on three overtime? He pulls his goalie to have a power play and they won. Yeah. I and love they won. it. Unbelievable. They Unbelievable. won the face off, so that's why they were able to do it. But yeah, right. I think that's phenomenal. Um, and then I saw a whole bunch of people like talking about it, obviously. And they were saying that if you did that in the NHL, you wouldn't get the tie. Like if you pulled your goalie and you lose, like usually that team gets one point. Like you don't get that point if you pull your goalie. A really? ton of people were saying it. I didn't look into it, didn't have time, but uh, like a bunch of people said that. And some of my pro guys in the gym said it too. So I don't know. Maybe somebody uh, fact checked me on that. I thought that was really cool though. Yeah, I thought it was r- really cool. Where was I going with this story? What were you talking about? You're talking about, talking about confidence. Confidence. And then what story did you tell? Did pull the goalie. Where was I going with that? About you? points and how like points can give you confidence. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This is, this is really good. Points. Thank you. Bringing me back. Uh, long day. Um, so this NHL coach tells all his players, if the other team has an empty net, you know, end of the game, they're trying to tie it up, like go for it. Every time. I don't care. Go for it. Every single time. And the guys were like, well, what if I'm like a third or fourth line guy and I'm out there because I win the face off and I get the puck. I don't want to ice it. And then we lose because of that. And he's like, think about how good that player plays for the next like 20 days. Cause he got that empty net tuck. Like you just are on cloud nine. You got like a gimme. And it's like that result of him doing that will be so good. And like positively affect so many different things that I want you to go for it. And you're an NHL player. You're in the NHL. That's in your tool bag to hit an empty net from the other side of the ice. So go for it 10 out of 10 times. And I was like, wow, I love that. It's so different. I mean, when we were playing, that was a no-no. Oh my God. You're dude. on the other side of the red line. You do not shoot it oh, for that empty net. It's like Hastings the most selfish play ever. Murder you. <laughs> you. He would burn you alive in the locker room if you did that. Unless you were Staz or Mike Howe. <laughs> yeah. But now most coaches are saying, go for it. Yeah. I, I, I think it. it's an analytics thing too. I, I think there's yeah. an analytical piece to that, but also, yeah, you're, you're completely right. I mean, if somebody gets that goal and, and if there is a third or fourth liner out there, like they deserve it. Like they're out in that situation for a reason. It's because they're responsible and their, their role is very important. So if that guy can get rewarded with some offense, and especially pro hockey, right? Like that could, that goal, let's say you're a third, fourth liner that's um, responsible f- with face-offs, right? And you get four empty net goals because of that in the 82 games. That might be $300,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if that, if that gets you to a plateau of like 10 or 20 or 15 or five. You yeah. Know, whatever like it may be. Right. That's, that's a big pay bump. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And the um, best coaches, like, you know, we talk a lot about youth hockey, but like the best coaches in the NHL, know bonuses. They mm, know exactly what mm, everybody's bonuses are. And there are certain things that they can do during games to like help players, whether it's like a, some people can have a time on ice bonus. Like if you average a certain amount for the year, then you get an extra whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be mm-hmm. points. It could be games played. And so I think that a lot of the best coaches at the pro level, they, they know. Dude, I love that. That reminds me, I just read the other day, was it Madonna who was going to play in his like 1500th NHL game and Babcock the coach sat him, sat him out? Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me from everything I've heard about him. <laughs> but um, And he said he didn't know. Get the hell out of here. You didn't know. Not a chance. Do you believe he didn't know? I don't know. 
Yeah, you, you're I wimp. You know he didn't know. That's <laughs> bull. You're so, you, wow. Okay, okay. I don't know. Okay, Tom. All right, so uh, let's. We only got a couple left. I like this one. Thoughts on dating a teammate's sister? Ooh, we were actually just talking about this the other day. I I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I I would say not a fan either. It's just a respect thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It would just be weird, man. Because then, like, what if, what if you break up and then, like, it's your teammate? Like, after just, after the fact, go ahead. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. But, like, yeah. while your teammates, yeah. I don't know. Kind yeah. Of I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, this one's from months. Is it possible to go back in time? Months? You can't go back in time, baby. Well, inside joke with months. <laughs> if He's I can turn back time. Okay. Um, <laughs> we only have a couple left here. I have one. Okay. I have one. Yeah, this my is your one. one, right? This is my one. <laughs> and this is this is right up your alley here. Okay. Uh so the question is thoughts on U14 girls strength training right before getting on the ice full for, for full practice each week. Uh I love it. Totally fine with it. Yes, just do it. Uh, especially <laughs> if it's like good training. I mean, obviously. I mean, uh, if they're if they're like running laps around the parking lot, or like I've heard that there's teams here who their their workout is like eight laps running around the parking lot and around the rink, and then like walking lunges around the building. Like, no, that's stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but if it's like a real workout, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I got I got one more. I think oh, this is a good two. one here. Yeah, this this must have just happened. Um, okay, so this is really good, and I don't want to pigeonhole this. Just so, uh, how to handle the first few weeks of juniors? I think we could probably say how to handle your first two weeks, maybe on a new team. Uh, that probably goes right along with it, or college, or pro, or whatever. Mm, so, how I do like you handle? Yeah, how do you handle the first few weeks? Go earn your respect and don't how do you go do in that? there don't go in there and try and be buddy buddy right away because you will be buddies you're going to be buddies with everybody on the team show them who you are and why you belong and why they should accept you they're going to accept you but like well maybe <laughs> like earn your respect show them what you do show them what you're capable of obviously don't murder somebody like if their head's down and it's a dangerous situation because you're teammates but other than that play hard and play to win and show what you can do, earn their respect. Yeah, I like that. And I think just be yourself, you know, be yourself. You were drafted or you were picked for the team or you made the team for a reason and and just be yourself. And the other thing I would say too is like, you know, we always had this kind of saying that we told the freshmen at Cornell and, and it was like, you know, you're not required to pick up the pucks because you're a rookie, but pick up the pucks because you're a rookie, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, like earn it by doing those things, like, you know, carrying bags off the bus, like just, just be a good teammate. And, and again, er, you have to earn the respect of the people who have been there before. And I, I do think that that's really important, but I think the best way that you can do it, honestly, is just like, be yourself. You know, if you're a funny guy, be funny, <laughs> funny or a funny girl, be funny. If you're a hard worker, be a hard worker. Although everybody should be a hard worker, just like do the best you can with, who you are. And, and I think you can't go wrong. Love that. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Be you. 
always, so, yeah, always be you. I just got that one. So I was like, I think that's a good one. I think Vex would yeah, like that one. I do like that. Okay. I got two left. Um, first one from Moose Carvajal, 36 year old men's leaguer trying to keep up with the younger bucks <laughs> stamina tips. I mean, you, you, do you still play men's league? Like right before you moved, do you have a spot? No, not really. Not really. But I, were I you didn't. playing with Matt Carr for a while? And like Cody. Uh, yeah, was but it time? wasn't, it wasn't really much of anything. No. Um, Did you no. do anything to quote unquote, be in shape for those games or no? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't know you're the strength coach. Like, what do you think? I was just asking you to see like what, you know, like a, an average Joe when it comes to like well, strength for me, you, honestly, like thought. I, I, <laughs> I, I usually like, I, I have to get out and warm up. So like get out there and warm up. I think that's one thing. Cause then you just feel better. You're like, your muscles feel better and you're like ready to go instead of just like doing it. Um, and I don't mean like, you know, doing a full pregame workout and stuff like that, but just anything little, you know, that could just like loosen you up a little bit, but I don't know. I think stamina takes short shifts. I think that's probably a good one. If you're out there for five minutes, then you're probably not going to be able to skate for the second or for the last four of the five minutes that you're out there. Um, yeah. I think that's probably maybe the biggest thing. Have fun. Don't yeah, worry about fun. it. Yeah, don't, worry, don't worry about it. Love that. Um, yeah. If it's the summer, do some rollerblade sprints. If you got rollerblades for your hockey guy, probably got them. Um, that would be one, I'd say. And then the other one, I mean, join my training me team. What's up? Oh, there we go. It's linked in my bio. The guy with a missing tooth and a blue check mark. Just check it out because that will literally get you in the best shape you've been in years, possibly your whole Let's life. Let's go. So, um, I would do that. But if you don't have anything else, I'd say fan bike. If you're only going to do one thing, I'd say the fan bike. That thing. That is me. hard, man. Yeah, it is. Hard, that is man. hard. The boys hate when I'm like, it's a bike day, boys. All right. <laughs> Last question. All right, let's go. Last one. Here we go. How or what did you do to repurpose or recommit to your goals after playing from NC Dallas 18? Ooh, that is a deep, great question. Can you say it one more time? Yes, sir. How or what did you do to repurpose or recommit to your goals after playing? Accountability. Honestly, like that's the most important thing is accountability. It's uh, self-accountability is so hard. I I think like 99% of people are not self-motivated enough to like set goals and do them every day. Would you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. People always say what they want, but they don't follow it up with action. I honestly think um, (laughs) People who are in that intrinsically motivated to set high goals and do them every day are like legitimate unicorns. And I think 99.9% of people need some sort of accountability structure to make sure that they are number one, setting their goals and number two, doing them on a consistent everyday basis. And for me, when I have something or someone that I'm accountable to for my goals, I do them. When I don't, I don't. Right. And I think that's just like human nature, especially for, uh, and again, not making excuses, but for people who are busy or people who have kids or whatever, there's so many different responsibilities that you have that if you don't have an accountability to them, then, you know, you're just probably not going to do them. And so find an accountability buddy 
you know, find something that works for you. Like if I don't do this, I have to donate $5 to charity. If I don't do this, um, just some sort of consequence for not doing the goal. Um, and, and, and I think we talk about goals wrongly. I think goals are process things. I think when most people talk about goals, they say, oh, my goal is to play in the NHL. Okay, great. That's a dream. That's not a goal. Like a goal is a process thing that is like, okay, I have a goal to shoot a hundred pucks every day. I have a goal to drink 96 ounces of water every day, uh, whatever it may be with whatever dream that you have, you know? So I, I would say the most important thing in terms of like repurposing goals um, I mean, I guess number one is you have to set them. <laughs> so actually doing it, but, but I think the most important thing is having some sort of accountability, like the most successful people that I know outside of hockey have coaches. Why do you have a coach? Because coaches hold you accountable for standards that you set, you know? And so having accountability, boom. Love Go. that. I absolutely love that. Um, he said, how, right? How or what did you do to repurpose or recommit? I'll, I'll go to a prop, a process that I think I'll, I should talk about first. And I have like a couple life coaching clients and I help them with this stuff. Um, mainly. I know it's um, coming. Oh, I don't know if you do. I don't know if you do. Um, know what your weaknesses are. Write them down. And then come up with ways to beat them so that you you can stop them before they happen. Like, for instance, if you're overweight and you, it's because you miss meals all day long and you get home and you're starving and your blood sugars drop. So you just crave crappy food and you just murder fast food on the way home, which happens to a ton of people. All right. How do we beat that behavior? We know that you're doing that. Set phone alarms on your phone for snack times. If you eat at 7 a.m., set a phone alarm to go off at 10 a.m. at work, eat your snack. You have to do this right now and write that to yourself on your phone. So when you get that, boom, I have to do this. And then you have lunch, 12, one hour, and you have another snack at three. Now you go home and you have dinner. Boom, you're eating healthy, right stuff, yada, 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 right? So like, you know that you have a habit of getting wrapped up in work. So you found a way to beat that, all right? Uh, you know what? Just phone alarms in general, they really help me. I don't know. That's like, like literally for everything. It doesn't matter. I set so many phone alarms. It's insane. For sure. Kylie hates me when they go off, but I don't care. <laughs> Tell her, like, this is how my brain works for me to be. I'm doing a lot of stuff. But it's accountability. Like it's, it's a check-in, right? It is kind of a buddy, like honestly. And what's so cool is like, it's so easy. You don't even got to put it in your phone. You just say, hey, Siri, set alarm tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Have a snack. Hey, Siri, set alarm tomorrow, 4 p.m. Have your protein shake. You know, like it's 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 pretty easy to do. So for me, it's like start doing that. And then to go just quickly deeper into it. I have a few are, things a little deeper too. Okay. Yeah. How or what did you do to repurpose or recommit? I mean, for me, uh, I thought about what I wanted my life to be, what I want to do with my life, what I like doing. And then how can I make money off of things that I like doing? So for me, love working out, love training, love helping people get smarter in the gym so they get better results at whatever they want, mainly hockey, obviously. So love helping people, put those two together, 
start a training company. Like, I don't know, man, pretty simple. Like figure out things you're passionate about and then find a way to make money somehow within that so that you're passionate about your job and your goals. All my goals for the most part have to do with like my business and impact and helping more hockey players and more people. So I'm really passionate about that. So I'm sure that I make more money because I like doing it and I want to be there and I want to, you know, so I think really think about what you're passionate about and then think about all the different ways you can turn that into a career or a job or, or a side hustle until you can turn it into a career or a job. And then I think everything just goes the right way. Then you're not really, your work's not work then, you know, and I think that's really important to find those types of things. Yeah, for sure. And what I thought you were going to say, which you kind of are right now is like, you have to find your why. Yeah, like, it was, what's your absolutely. Why? Like, I, I think I thought it was really interesting. Even the question, how can you repurpose, re your purpose, re up your purpose? What is your purpose? What is your why? You know, what what mm-hmm. gets you out of bed in the morning? And, mm-hmm. and like, do that. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what both of us have done outside of hockey, and yeah. other people have done it in different things in the business world, in whatever, like becoming whatever it is that they want, a farmer, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, like, and they're happy <laughs> with, with right. what they're doing. So find your way. Right. And then I, the, the last thing I'll say is, um, and this is something probably more towards me, but maybe you deal with this too. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people do is I think you have to give yourself some grace. Grace is a word that I've really like tried to use a lot more in my process because I, I feel like I have a little bit of a problem with perfection. And with that comes like some stress and anxiety, like knowing that like, but when you give yourself some grace for when you make a mistake or you don't, you know, do your goal one day or whatever. And because I think what happens is a lot of people set goals and then they don't do it. And then they're like, oh, I just, this isn't for me. Like, it's just too hard. No, it's okay. You didn't do it for a day. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, highly successful people. And and maybe this is a problem that even we do, but like it's every day you have to do it to get better, that 1% better every day. If you don't do it every single day, that is okay. You know, it's okay. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to slip. Just do it the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 make it a part of your te- your routine. So if you continuously do it, then when you don't do it, you're gonna feel weird not doing it, <laughs> rather than feeling weird when you do it in the first place. Like the first three weeks that you have when you start something to create a habit, you know. So I just think give yourself some grace too, and understand that it's not going to be perfect. Understand that it's okay if you skip something or if you have a cheat. That's why that's why like even nutritionists are like have a cheat day, you know. Like it's okay to just in moderation. It's okay to eat bad foods every once in a while, once, once a day, once a week, like for some of my goals, when I'm doing my goals is like one sweet a day. Cause if I, I like, I kind of am all or nothing. And, very similar. Yes. Me. <laughs> so like, Hey, I get one, I get one to kind of satisfy the sweet tooth and, and you know what, that's okay. You know? And so I just think that that's very valuable when you're setting goals is to understand that like, it's a process, it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. And along those lines, like evolving and rolling with the punches and finding a new way in is really important. And we, we talked about this a few podcasts ago that, that we released, not one of the older ones, 
where we talked about like, okay, obviously both of us, we played division one hockey. We were captains. We both played pro hockey. It was our goal to play in the NHL and make tons of money and then not have to do anything after except whatever we wanted. <laughs> right. That's everybody's goal. Obviously. All right. Didn't happen. Dream, for not goal. Right. Dream. Well, it was a goal for me. I was right there, baby. You were freaking two steps away too. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was right there. So I'd call it a goal for both of us. Um, but when we got older, um, but that didn't happen. But then what this question is asking, like, how did you, what did you do? Well, I know I still want to be in hockey and I want to put in my other passion, hockey and training, and I want to put them together. Right. Tove didn't make the NHL immediately goes into coaching coaches at Miami, Ohio. Then he goes to Cornell and then he did his own thing. And then he coached youth and then hockey think tank. And he's helped thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people everywhere and made such a massive impact while also earning a living while doing that. And now he was working at university of Michigan, director of hockey operations, earning a living, doing that inside of hockey. So did he ultimately play in the NHL and make, you know, $20 million? No, but he evolved. He rolled with the punches. He's still in hockey doing what he loves and finding another way in. So I think that like, if one door closes within the same house, kick in a window, or, you know, whatever you got to do, like find a way to, to do something around what you love doing and you're passionate about. Amen, brother. Well, thank you That's it, baby. That's it. That's all. That's all the questions. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for this mailbag. We got kind of deep on a few of these. A couple fun ones. What was that cookie called again yeah, for everybody that lives in St. Louis? Oh, crumble cookie. Crumble cookie. My demise. <laughs> One month ban starting now. If somebody sees me with the crumble cookie, my hand sprint up to me and slap it out of my hand. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in for another week. And uh, we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, fam.